your friends and family have an opportunity to receive Jesus and make heaven. And so I can't think of a better way to do that than to let Billy Graham share it with them. And then uh, at the end of that, we're going to make a, an invitation for people to receive Jesus. Also, we made up some cards here that you can pick up if you haven't got one already. You can get several of them what, or whatnot. But hand these out to people and just invite them to, to come. And uh, it'll be a, on the back. There's a, the time and the date and all of that. So it'll be a, a, good, a good thing to do. All right. Let's see here now. Let's get into the Word of God. You ready to get into the Word of God? All right. Acts, the fourth chapter, and the twelfth verse. Acts, the fourth chapter, and the twelfth verse. It says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, if you read the context of this, This is talking about the name of Jesus. There is salvation, nor is there salvation in in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to talk to you today about the subject of salvation. And this verse right here tells us that Jesus is the only way to experience salvation. There is no other way, guys. It's, it's through Jesus Christ. And, uh, uh, and that's what the Bible says. And uh, I want to stick with the Bible. I really want to stick with the Bible. Now, when you talk about salvation, people need to know saved from what? What are we saved from and what are we saved to? And ultimately... There's much we could say, but but ultimately we're saved from going to hell and we're saved to going to heaven. And that's the bottom line. We can talk for hours and hours, but that's the bottom line. Now, I could speak for quite a while and talk about the horrors of hell. There really is a hell. There really, really is. It's a horrible, horrible place. And you need to realize God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Nobody. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. That word perish there means go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we could talk about the horrors of hell. I could spend hours talking about the beauty of heaven. Uh, The Bible says that it has not entered into the hearts or minds of men. The great things and the beautiful things that God has prepared for those who love him. And so we could talk about that. But the thing that that has just been so heavily on my heart for the last days and, and weeks is there are multitudes of people right here in the Fenton area that have no clue whatsoever as to what happens at death. And what lies beyond the grave. Do you know that I'm convinced that most people don't give a whole lot of thought to death and dying. Uh, And certainly we shouldn't camp on that. We shouldn't, you know, think about dying all the time. That's a morbid thing. We want to Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So we want to focus on life and in living, but with this uh, event coming up here at the church on November 23rd with Billy Graham, you know, his movie on heaven. It, it, this is just so heavy on my heart that, uh, you know, most people just don't have a clue. They're totally oblivious, totally oblivious as to what lies beyond the grave. It's amazing the kinds of things that you hear people say when it comes to death and dying. And a lot of times people think that when people die, some people think that everybody's going to heaven. Did you know that? And you'll hear people again and again say, well, we're all God's children. No, we're not. We're we're all children of Adam, but we're not all children of God. 
hear what I just said? Yeah. And the Bible says that we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You need to understand that. But you'll hear people again and again. They'll say, well, we're all God's children. And and people think that everybody one day is going to wind up in heaven. But guys, listen, that's not true. The Bible teaches different than that. You see, we have to place our faith in Jesus. But you'll hear all kinds of 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 bizarre Bizarre, strange things that people concoct in their minds about death and dying and what happens at death. And then even Christians, people who have sat under the word of God for years. It still amazes me at times to hear what people will ask when when someone has died. They'll one thing you'll hear is they'll say, well, was that person a church member? Did you know church membership? You can be on the member roles of this church or any other church and that will not save you they'll say well were they water baptized before they died you need to realize water baptism won't save you I remember when brother Hagen and I have confidence in him so I share the story when he died as a young boy he gave the experience how his spirit leaped out of his body and he began to descend down into hell and he cried out and he said, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water down, down he went. And then as the story goes, as he got to the gates of hell and saw the flames of hell, there was a voice that 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 cried out from heaven and the whole place shook. And then his spirit came back up. And he said he could see the lights of the earth as he came back up and his spirit came up in the in the in the room in which he was uh, his body was laying. And he said that his, his spirit leaped back in his body through his mouth, just like you'd slip your hand into a glove. And uh, but the point is, is that belonging to the church, being baptized in water won't save you. Then again, you'll hear sometimes Christians when a baby dies, they'll say, well, was that baby christened or baptized before they died you know that doesn't have a thing in the world to do with anything did you hear what i just said whether the baby was christened or are confirmed or whatever hasn't got a thing in the world you need to realize babies when they die they die under what i call the age of accountability and babies are under the grace of god children are under a certain age and i can't determine what that age is but you know, everybody's different. But when children die under a certain age, they're under the grace of God. You need to realize that. And they're with the Lord. Their spirit goes to be with the Lord. But you'll hear all kinds of crazy, bizarre things. So I just want to talk to you a little bit today about these things. Go to Second Corinthians 12, verse 2. Second Corinthians 12, verse 2. You need to be aware of spiritual things. You need to be aware of your spirit. You need to be aware of your body. Most people, even Christians, are far more aware of their bodies than they are their spirits. Most Christians, I'm telling you, are more aware of their bodies than they are their spirits. Now, see, when you look up here at me right now, you're not seeing the real me. You're seeing the house that I live in. You're seeing my body. The real me is 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 on the inside, a spirit being. You need to realize that this body is just the is just my my my. I like what one guy said. It's when when astronauts go to the moon, they have to wear a moon suit, don't they? Don't they? Are they going to outer space? Have to put a suit on. See, our spirit can't function. A human spirit can't function here in the earth outside the body. See, this body is 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 like. Is like is my earth suit. It's my earth suit. You've got one, too. But the real you is not that body. The real you is a spirit being down on the inside of that body. We'll talk a little more about that as we go. But look here at Second Corinthians 12, verse two. And most all theologians agree that Paul's talking about himself here. He said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago. Now, watch this. Whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up, notice this, caught up to the third heaven. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's three, evidently three heavens. 
uh, the first two are natural. The third one is spiritual. The first heaven has to do with this atmosphere in which we live. The second heaven has to do with the with the uh, stars where Captain Kirk and Captain Picard, you know, fly around in the Enterprise. And then beyond that, there's what the Bible calls the third heaven. And that's in the spirit realm. And that's where, where that's where God resides. And the Bible says in another verse, that's in the far sides of the north, you see. And so Paul was caught up to the third heaven. He said, and I know such a man now. Now, notice this. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into where? Into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. You need to realize that that at the moment now in Paul's case here, he didn't die physically. He was having a a, a divinely granted appearance uh, from the Lord and, and with the Lord. But his his spirit left his body and was caught up into the third heaven. His spirit left his body and was caught up into the third heaven. And he didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. He could not tell. Now, as it applies to to physical death, when you die, your spirit's going to come out of your body and you're not going to even realize whether you're in the body or out of the body. Did Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear that? Oh, I heard the spirit of God. I just heard him say that most people don't think about these things until it's too late. I heard the Holy Ghost just say that on the inside of me. I heard the Holy Ghost just say this, that there's, I'm just saying what he said. There's not an interest among this congregation as there needs to be about these things. Because you see, when you get an interest about these things, you become hungry to tell people about Jesus. I've got a hunger in my heart now to tell people about Jesus more than ever. We need to be aware of these things. We need to think about these things. We need to be, be, be entwined in these things. The souls of men hang in the balance. Did you hear what I just said? They really do. Oh, let's get interested in this. When your spirit comes out of your body, you're not even going to know whether you're dead or not. Did you hear what I just said? Am I, I, it, th- th- because your spirit, fits, your spirit fits inside your body like a hand would inside of a glove. What does my spirit look like? Uh, We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But notice Paul had this experience. He didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. Now, notice this here. Second Corinthians five, verse six. Second Corinthians five, verse six. So we are always confident. Knowing that while we are at home in in the body, notice that in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well, pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. This, these three verses are very powerful in that it tells us here that while we're at home in the body, when our spirit, see, it's talking about our spirit. When our spirit is at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. But then verse 8 says to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. And this is talking to Christians here. Now, for people that don't know Jesus, to be absent from the body is to be present in hell, a place of suffering. But for Christians, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then verse 7, because my mom is getting ready to go on to be with the Lord. And I said to the Lord, I said, you know, if if I could just have an experience like Brother Hagin had with his sister. Brother Hagin's sister died. She was young, young. My mom's 90. She's lived a good long life. You know that? And uh, but Brother Hagin had an experience with his sister. And, and I won't go into it all. But but she she passed away. And uh, uh, and, and he after she had died, uh, just some time after that, he said that the that the Lord caught him up to heaven. And he got to see his sister and talk with his sister in heaven and, and, and saw her standing side of Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we, it, it, wouldn't that be wonderful? I said to the Lord, you know, I, I would love once my mama's gone to heaven, I would like, just give me just a minute, just a glimpse. Let me just see her in there. Just let me just see her in there and, and, and I'll be all right. But, you know, very few people get that. And, and she says she got it. But very few people do. And he said, well, what if you don't get that, Pastor Terry? And I, and I probably won't. Well, notice what does verse 7 say? What does verse 7 say? What does verse 7 say? 
what does verse seven say? We walk by faith and not by sight. See, I, I have to walk by faith knowing that she placed her faith in the Lord Jesus. She, she'll be with him. I have to walk by faith. Did you hear what I just said? I don't need to see it because the Bible says it so. Did you hear what I just said? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when your spirit comes out of your body, you're not going to weather. You're not even going to know. See, a lot of people afraid of dying. What's going to, when your spirit comes out of your body, you're not even going to know you're dead. Because it'll still be you. It'll be the real you. Somebody said, well, what am I going to look like when I'm out of the body? I, you look just pretty much like you did when you're about 33 years old, I believe. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So I said, what about a, a child that dies and goes to heaven? Well, one, one minister had some insight on that, and I believe it to be right. He said that, it, it, that, that a child that dies, goes to heaven, gets to grow up in heaven. I, I feel good about that now, on the inside. I can't really give you scripture on it, but I feel good about it. Somebody said, how do you know if people are going to look, look like they're about 33, give or take? I don't know. It just I've heard different ones give some testimonies. I, I just feel good about that. Glory to God. Amen. Now, I didn't have hair when I was 33. I haven't had hair since I'm 20, but I believe God can fix that too, you know, but that's okay. Luke 16 verse 19. Let's go there. Come on, guys. This is, this is, this is, this is good today. This is, this is rich, 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 rich. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple, fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores. Who's laid at his gate. Now we'll be able to learn a lot about the spirit realm right here. Now notice this beggar desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. The dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar, what happened to the beggar? He died, didn't he? And notice he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now people say, what is Abraham's bosom? I have to tell you this. Before Jesus died, rose from the dead. When the Old Testament saints, those looking forward to Jesus, see in the New Testament, we look back to Jesus to to get saved. In the Old Testament, they look forward to Jesus to get saved. So when anybody died in the Old Testament looking forward to Jesus to get saved, their spirit, when they died, their spirit come out their body, the angels will get them. And take them into this place called Abraham's bosom or paradise. It was a place of comfort. When people died in the Old Testament, and it holds true here in the New Testament, when people die outside of Jesus Christ, they descend into a place called hell. It's a place of torment, as we'll see. But when a, when a Christian dies, now they don't go see in the Old Testament. They went down in the inner parts of the, of the spiritual workings of the earth into a place called Abraham's bosom or paradise. Now when a Christian dies, see, when Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible says he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. See, he went in and cleaned out. This this place called paradise, he took all of the people in there and he translated paradise and all the spirits in there up to heaven, you see. And what did Paul say just a while ago when he was caught up into the third heaven? He was caught up into, do you remember what he said? He was caught up into, he was caught up into, he was caught up into. How did he was caught up into paradise? See, that was translated from the inner part of the earth up into up into heaven when Jesus was raised from the dead. Are you OK? Are you getting this? Okay, so paradise now isn't in the inner part of the earth. Now it's up 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 in heaven. Do you see that? But hell's still in the inner part of the earth. Now, I had to tell you that so you understand what's going on here. Now, what happened? Now, look at this. The beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. What happens to a Christian when they die? The angels carry them to paradise. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? The rich man also died and was buried and being in torments in Hades or hell. He lifted up. Now, look, look at this. Now, is this rich man? It, where's his body right now? It's buried on the earth. Is that correct? He's dead. His body's buried on the earth. But where is where is he? The real him, his spirit. Where is it? It's in Hades. It's in hell, isn't it? And does his spirit have eyes? He lifted up his eyes. Was he able to see Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom? Now, notice that he didn't live this. People say, are we going to know people on the other side of the grave? Are we going to know? Yes, we are. We'll not only know people that we knew on the earth. 
But we'll also know people that we didn't know on the earth. Because see, Abraham, evidently, it's clear, Abraham didn't live, as far as I can tell, when this, when this uh, uh, beggar died. They, they lived in different times, but yet the beggar knew who Abraham was. Interesting to me. But, but we'll know people. Cer- certainly we will. The Bible says we'll know even as we are known. So the rich man dies. The rich man dies. His body is buried, but his spirit goes to hell. He lifts up his eyes, sees Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out, are you able to speak once you're dead? Not your body, it's in the grave. But your spirit. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger. Uh, Will our spirits have fingers? Certainly, we'll look just like, just pretty much like we do now. Your spirit fits in your body just like your hand. It fit inside a glove. Dip the tip of his finger in water. Is there water in the spirit realm? Apparently. And cool my, will our spirit beings have a tongue? Tongue. For I am tormented. Will our spirits be able to feel things? I'm tormented in this flame. Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides this, between us and you, there's a great gulf or a great chasm. Like you think of the Grand Canyon. Fixed so that those who would pass from you to here cannot, nor those who would pass to us. Why would the people in hell want to pass over that great, great divide? Why? Because they want to get out of that place of suffering. Why would people on the the comfort side, why would they want to get over to the other side to rescue those people? But it's too late. They can't do it. Once you die, it's too late. Once your spirit comes out of your body, once you breathe your last, it's too late then to receive Jesus. It's too late. There are no second chances. The second, third, fourth, fifth chances are on this side of the grave, not the other. We need to understand that. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you'd send him to my father's house. Send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Now, was this rich man, uh, did he do any soul winning when he was on the earth? No. Now he's in hell. Not He's in hell, not just probably just five minutes or less. And now he wants to be a soul winner. See, it's too late then. Hell will make a believer out of you. Hell will make a soul winner out of you. Oh, it, I, I would that every Christian would have a revelation of hell. You get a revelation of hell, I'll tell you what, it'll make a soul winner out of you. It'll, it'll, it'll sober you up. And people live their lives. People live their lives. Christians even sit in church, just bored with a sermon like, we need to be aware, dear friends, I'm trying to arrest your attention. I'm trying to wake you up. Dear, dear friends, listen, we need to be aware of these things. Did you hear me? He said, uh, testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Underline that. We're going to come back to that. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will. What's that next word? They will repent. See, there's more than just believing on Jesus. You have to believe on him with a repentant heart. Did you hear me? Now, this man would know. If anybody would know, this man would know because he's in hell. He knows what he didn't do. He knows what he needed to do. He knows what he should have done. He didn't repent. What does repent mean? To to turn, to have a change of heart. Said if they, if one rises from the dead, they will repent. But notice this, this always interesting to me that verse 31, he said, Abraham said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. If you won't listen to the word of God and believe the word of God, I could call down lightning and strike right here on the front row. And and people still wouldn't. I could say, I'm going to snap my fingers. Lightning will strike on the front row. And if it happens, then Jesus is Lord. And you better take pay attention to what I'm saying today. I could do that. And people that aren't going to believe still aren't going to believe. Did you hear what I just said? Either you're going to hear the word of God uh, or, or you're not. You either are or you aren't. And we've got Bible on that. Some supernatural, this or other could happen or some 
spectacular thing happen and it's not going to it's not going to change you. It won't change you. If the word of God won't change you, nothing will. If the word of God won't change you, nothing will. If the word of God won't change you, nothing will. Do you hear me? Now, this rich man, his money, he didn't go to hell because he was rich. Uh, Let me put it another way. He didn't go to hell because he had money. He went to hell because money had him. He went to hell because his money distracted him from Moses and the prophets. People go to hell because they're distracted by other things. With some people, it's money. With some people, it's this. With some people, it's that. With some people, it's the other. With this fellow here, it was his money. Got to be careful about money. Money can get a hold of you. The desire for it. And you don't have to have a lot of money to be gripped by it. Did you understand what I just said? But this man had a lot of money and his money was more important to him and he was distracted by his money and he didn't have time for Moses and the prophets. And so he died. His body was buried, but his spirit went to hell for time and eternity. Isn't that sad? Now, you say Moses and the prophets. Moses and the prophets. Abraham said they have Moses and the prophets. You say that to people and people sit there and they don't understand. And what does it mean, Moses and the prophets? Who did Moses and the prophets talk about? Look at Luke 24, 27. People go to hell because they don't listen to Moses and the prophets. Well, who did Moses? What, 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 what did Moses and the prophets talk about? Look at Luke 24, 27 in beginning. This says right here, because Jesus was talking to some people and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning who. So Moses and the prophets spoke of who of Jesus Christ. This rich man went To hell because he didn't have time for Jesus Christ here upon the earth. It wasn't because of his money. It was because his money distracted him from listening to Moses and the prophets who preached Jesus Christ. I like what one guy said, and it's really good. Jesus said this. He said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. But I like what one guy said. You can serve God with money. You can support the work of God with your money. Because it takes money to spread the gospel a lot of times, doesn't it? Not all the time. You can spread the gospel without money by going and telling somebody. But it takes money to spread the gospel. Well, these cards and things that we had printed up, that takes money to spread, to print those, to give those out to people. Did you hear what I just said? If we didn't have any money, we couldn't print, we couldn't print these cards. You understand what I'm saying? Billy Graham, when he preached those stadiums full of people, he had to have the money to rent those stadiums, didn't he? See, so, so you can serve God with money, but you can't serve God and money, see. Look at Luke 24, 44. Look at, look here. Then he said to them, Luke 24, 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you, which I, when I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, concerning who concerning Jesus. See, we need to understand that. The, the way and the only way to miss hell and make heaven is by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Did you know that over the last weeks, as I've, as my, because, uh, uh, over the last weeks, as I've talked with different people, And I'd tell them that I got my mother to the Lord. Thank God I did. Thank God I did. Thank God I did. When she was in her right mind. Thank God I did. But you know, I've had to explain when I say the Lord, when you say the Lord in this hour, 
you have to explain who you're talking about. Because when you say the Lord, am I talking about Allah? Am I talking about Muhammad? Am I, you know, am I talking about Buddha? You know, a lot of people, they don't know who you're talking about. And when you say God, you got to clarify that. When I talk about God, I'm talking about the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the hour in which we live, you've got to make that clear to folk. I said, you've got to make that clear to folk. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other name. We open with this. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. You must understand this, and, 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 and there's a lot of people will fight you over this. But when we say that Jesus is the only way into heaven, that's true. That's what the Bible says. You know, there's a lot of people balk at that. Did you hear me? And they'll tell you again and again. They'll say, well, there's many roads all leading to the same place. You know, that's one of the biggest lies ever come out of hell. It's not right, guys. See, now, you and I may know that, but we've got to arrest people. We've got to tell, we've got to get that through to folk. We've got to get that through to folk. We've got to get that through to folk. I, I like this to become, become one of the biggest soul winning churches in, in Fenton. My goodness. I'd like for this church to become one of the biggest soul winning churches in St. Louis. That's all that really matters. That's all that really matters. That's all that really matters. That's all that matters. You know, the great commission is Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. One missionary said it this way. He said, it's the only commission. Jesus is the only way. I tell you what, I come down to the last breath in my body. I don't want to be trusting in anybody but Jesus Christ. And his shed blood. Now. I'm not going to look all these up, but I just want you to listen to what the scripture says about how do you receive salvation? How do you receive salvation? It's through Jesus Christ. Just listen to these verses. John 1, 12. They'll be on the screen. Karen's fast. She'll keep up. John 1, 12. Just read the screen as we go along with me. I'll read. You can just follow along. But as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You also need to understand that that word believe there does not mean mental assent. Do you know there's a lot of people, they've got a mental assent of Jesus. They grab onto Jesus in their mind, but they don't really have him down in their hearts. Did you hear what it just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? They grab a hold of him in their mind, but they don't have him down in their heart. That word believe there, you ought to look it up in the Amplified Bible sometime. It says, whoever trusts in Jesus, clings to Jesus, and relies on him. John 3.18, he who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but he who does not believe on Jesus is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3.36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son, that's Jesus, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Have you ever heard somebody when they get saved, when they place their faith in Jesus, have you ever heard them say it was like a ten ton weight fell off my chest? There's a scripture for it right there. Before somebody gets saved, the wrath of God abides on them. Once they repent and place their faith in Jesus, that wrath is lifted off of them. And they feel like a ten ton weight's come up off of them. There's scripture for it. I've heard people say that for years. And and I, I never could find scripture for it. There it is right there. Acts 16, 30, verse 31. The jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he didn't say believe on Muhammad, did he? He didn't say believe on Allah, did he? He didn't say believe on this, that or the other. He didn't say believe on whatever God you want to pick. No, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Glory to God. 
And again, that's not a believing in your head. That's a selling out in your heart. Romans 1.16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who what? Believes. Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. Now watch this. And not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, I ask this again and again to Christians, and it's amazing how many people want to raise their hands. Why don't we just do an exercise? Sit on your hands, if you can. Now, she can't. She's holding that baby. But sit on your hand. Come on now. That's all right. Sit on your hand. I don't want you to be tempted. Sit on your hands. Can we help? Can we help God out in getting us in to heaven with anything that we do? You'd be surprised. The reason I had you sit on your hands is because again and again people want to. Well, if I if I was water baptized, well, if I did good things, well, if I helped people, well, if I never cussed. Well, if I never smoked, well, if I never drank, well, if I gave tithes to the church, well, if I fasted and prayed, you can't raise your hands on any of it. You've got to sit on your hands, don't you? There's nothing you and I can do put together on our best day that can help the blood of Jesus. It's either a free gift or it isn't. It's either a free gift or it ain't. Did you hear what I just said? Now you can you can you don't have to sit on your hands anymore. Let's read that again. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. That salvation is a free gift from God. It's offered. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. You see, salvation is based upon what Jesus did on the cross through his death, burial, shed blood, and resurrection. It's not based on anything that we do other than us repenting and inviting Jesus into our hearts. That's it. That's the only thing we can do. Somebody say, yeah, but what about my good works? Won't they help? No, they won't. Once you're saved... Once you're saved, now your good works can be rewarded. Look at verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we're not saved by good works. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. But we're saved to do good works. And Christians should be the biggest good deed doers on the planet Earth. Not trusting in those good works to save us because they cannot. Um, I, I want to say this to you. I want you to listen carefully. The Bible talks and you can look it up on another another time or she could probably throw it up on the screen real fast. Isaiah 61.10. Why don't you put that up on the screen? Isaiah, I know it wasn't in my notes, but I feel impressed to go there. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he's clothed me with the garments of, uh, of what? Salvation. Of salvation. And he covered me with the robe of righteousness. There's a minister that, uh, he, he, he said God took him to heaven. And, and it seems good. You gotta be careful. You don't believe everybody. And no matter what experience a man gives, or a woman gives, it better line up with the word of God. But uh, this was not Brother Hagen. This was another fellow. And, and, and it's this part of it, it seemed like his trip was authentic. God took him. And he said, too, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. And uh, he said God took him to heaven. And he said when he first got there. He said his people were getting off what he called like, I guess, I, I guess the way I describe it like elevators. I, I don't know. He, 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 you know, it's hard to describe spiritual things with natural words. Paul said a while ago, I, 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 I heard things that are unex, inexpressible. But he said as the people were getting off these apparatuses, it, he described it when, when he went up. He, he was almost like in some kind of a like a uh, some kind of a like an like an elevator almost. And he said it moving at a tremendous speed, just just tremendous speed. And he said. 
as he was watching people get off in heaven. And this seems good to me. And there's there's a scripture for it. There's a there's a garment of salvation and there's a robe of righteousness. And he said that that as the people would get off these elevators to enter uh, entering heaven, he said some of them, their their appearance and their and their clothes were like glistening and shining. Bright, glistening and shining. He said others got off and they were wearing just a white gown. Not glistening, not shining, but a white gown. And he asked, there was an angel there with him, and he asked the angel, I believe as the story goes about that. And he said that the angel, or the, way, the way he described the story, he said that so many Christians could do so much better for God than what they do. They could live so much closer to God than what they do. And he said the ones that lived close to God and walked close to God... And served God here on the earth. Their garments were glistening and radiant. But he said the other ones that didn't live close to God. That didn't walk close to God. Didn't have a prayer life. Didn't walk close to God. He said. That their garment. They had the gown of salvation. It wasn't. Bright and glistening. Oh, but they had the gown of salvation. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Oh, that beats going to hell, doesn't it? Oh, it beats going to hell. And see, they they didn't walk close to God. They didn't they didn't pray like they should. They didn't walk. They didn't have a close a close walk with God. But yet they made that decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that got that that got that garment of salvation on them. Oh, that beats going to hell. I said it beats going to hell. I said it beats going to hell. See, my mama didn't walk close with the Lord. She didn't walk close to him. She didn't have a prayer life. I prayed with my mama one and a half times. And that half always throws people. Is how can you pray with somebody half a time? How do you pray with somebody half a time? Hey guys, I've been there for all you over all these years. Let me talk a little bit about this, all right? My my mom and her 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 siblings, whenever you'd bring Jesus up, her sister brother, they'd always balk at it. My mother never balked at it. She'd always say, I believed in I believe in the Lord. But she had, I'm convinced, a head knowledge of Jesus. But time came and time went, and I was able over years, just little by little. Was able to position her and get her to a point where we prayed what's known as the sinner's prayer. This was when she was in her right mind. You okay? She was in her right mind and she received Jesus into her heart. I know right where we were. Right in her kitchen. Isn't that wonderful? Some years came and went. And she was at an adult daycare center. And uh, they called me and said they discovered they was giving her a shower, a big lump in her breast. This is years ago. Oh, my goodness. Now, as it turned out, it wasn't cancer. And she lived on many years. You know, she's still alive. She's getting ready to go to heaven. Uh, But I didn't want to take any chances. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to pray again. Get Jesus, be sure he's in her heart. See, because she didn't walk close to, to the Lord. So I remember kneeling down with her. And I and I said, Mama, let's pray the sinner's prayer again. And so we start out. And I get to the point where I said, now, and she's going along right with me. Now, the, when I did it the first time, I wasn't twisting her arm or anything like that. She received him. But now this second time, we're praying. And uh, I get to the part where I said, and she's re- repeating and I said, now, Jesus, come into my heart. And I, she didn't say anything. I said, Jesus, come into my heart. She didn't say anything. And then, and then she stops and I look up at her. 
And you know what she said? Now, she wasn't altogether in her right mind the second time. But she stops me and she says, he's already in there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we stopped halfway through. See, there's no reason to finish that. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, mama doesn't have that robe of that righteous. You know what I'm talking about? That glistening. I know that. But she's got that gown and that beats going. That beats going to hell. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Can you rejoice with me in it? Hallelujah. One and a half times. Now, we prayed over food. We prayed here in the service. But I've only prayed with her one and a half times. And I didn't need to do that other half. That was for me more than her. I had the Spirit of God. Can I share something with you? I had the Spirit of God say to me as her mind began to drift away from her. This is some couple years back. Spirit of God, I'm off my notes now, but the Spirit of God said this to me. And uh, I didn't always obey him in this as I should. But he said this to me, just in my spirit, he spoke to my heart. He said, now don't say anything more to her about salvation. Now, why would he say that? Because she's already. Now, I, 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 I was troubled with that. Why he wouldn't want me to. I'm just as human as you are. And I was troubled about that. I wasn't going to share it, but I got the release here. To, I haven't told this to anybody. This happened to me just last evening. I couldn't understand why he wouldn't, wouldn't want me to keep. Well, why do you want to keep preaching to somebody to receive Jesus after they've already received him? Come on, guys. Let's get real here. You know, we want to help God out. We want to be, we want to help God out. We want to help God out. We want to help him out. Help him be sure. We want to be sure he's in there. Well, she invited him and he came. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? He said, don't say anything more to to her about it. And I thought, I thought it was for her sake. And he shared this with me last night. He told me not to talk to her anymore about it for my sake, not for hers. And here's the reason why. When somebody begins to their mind goes from them. How many of you know they're not accountable anymore? I said they're not accountable anymore. I said they're not accountable anymore. I said they're not accountable anymore. And so what the Lord didn't want me doing. Is he didn't want me going to my mom when her, when her mind's not all there. And say mom. You love Jesus don't you? And have her say, no. Now, see, that's not going to cost her her salvation because she's not in her right mind. But that's going to sure play havoc with me. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get that? Because over there, there's times that she'd tell me, she'd say, I love you. And then the next within a minute, she'd say, I don't like you. That's not a right mind. There's times she'd say, I hate you. And the next minute she'd take my hand and she'd kiss my hand. See, she's not in her right mind. God's not holding any of that again. her. Did you hear me? So he told me not to say any more to her about it for my sake, not hers. Well, you can get a lot out of that just from that right there. You learn a lot of things. God is bigger than we think he is a lot of times. Did you hear me? The Lord God Jehovah is merciful. Amen. The Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's merciful. Now, if you don't invite him now, here's something you need to learn something else about him. Why am I coming over here talking to you? I guess, I don't know. I like talking to you. You're all right in my book. What was I going to say? I needed to say that and I got... I got out of the spiritual looking at her and I got in the natural. Oh, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, that's good. So I need to say that. Thank you. You need to understand something about Jesus. Remember that time when, when his disciples were out on that ship? And the Bible said he, and now they were in trouble, that storm. The Bible said he would have passed them by. But they invited him on the ship. Remember that? 
You need to understand this about God. You need to understand this about Jesus. If you don't invite him, he won't come in. I said, it, and that, and that, and that's a scary thing because there's a lot of people who say, well, I, I believe on Jesus. I believe, but, but in t- you've got to invite him in or he's a gentleman. He won't come. That's why it's important. We pray with people and lead them to the, to the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? Are you all right? I said, are you all right? I didn't mean to get off on all that, but I think that could help you as much as anything. First John 5, 1 says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, how can we know if we're saved? How can we know? Now, I'm going to start to close the message up here. How can we know if we're saved? Well, first of all, the Bible says in Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Check your spirit out. How do you do that? I don't know how to tell you to do that other than just look to the inside. And when you're asked the question, are you going to heaven or not? Or do you know Jesus? If there's something on the inside that's, that's scratching at you, that's just not, un, there's no rest. There's a, there's a lack of rest. Restlessness. Then you need, you need to, you need to get saved. Did you hear what I just said? Look on the inside. Because if you're truly, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, received Him, there'll be a witness on the inside and knowing on the inside that you've done that. Did you hear me? Now then, I'll tell you something I've never said before, but I'll, I'll say it. I have the release to say it now. But my wife and I have talked about this numerous times. But, uh, a lot of times you'll see couples that'll come to church. And when you're somebody's pastor and they attend church for a good, you know, I'm not talking about just for a few months, but they've been with you for years or some length of time. Uh, as your pastor, uh, sitting under the authority of the ministry of the church, and I'm not God, I'm not the judge, but there's a witness of the Spirit. A lot of times you... you, you, you Now, like Dale Francis back there, the spirit bears witness. That man's a born again man. I can tell you that. I know that. I know it by the spirit. Did you hear what I just said? You know, you understand that. But there's there there have been those over the many years of pastoring that, you know, you'll have somebody and they'll come just because they'll come just because their wife makes them come. You mean a wife would make a husband do something? Oh, yeah, all the time. They'll do it just because. They'll do it just because a wife makes them come. A lot of times children will come just because their parents make them come. Did you hear what I just said? They don't want to be there. They don't want to have anything to do with it. They just come because their parents make them come. Oh, you ought to love your parents for, for making you go to church. Because you see, that's where Jesus is presented to you. You can fall in love with him. Did you hear what I just said? But... Uh, well, I just keep coming in and out. I, I get my head over in the natural realm and I just, what was I talking about? What was I just talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm in the spirit and I come out of the spirit, get in the natural and start thinking about fun. You know, we're all laughing about that. There's just a fine line between spiritual things and natural things. But the, the wife will make them come. And you can tell by, as a pastor, I'm not to judge, I'm not sitting in place seat of judgment, but you just, there's not a bearing of witness in the spirit that they're, that they're, that they're saved. Did you hear what I just said? I remember there was a, 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 a lady and her daughter that came here for many years. Won't call their names. But the daughter came just because the mother wanted to come here. And I can tell you by the spirit of God, unless something changed, now maybe something has changed. But the, the, the mama knew Jesus. But the daughter just came... Because she wanted to be with her mama in church. Which was as admirable. But she wasn't coming for Jesus. She was coming for her mother. Did you hear what I just said? And the spirit never, never bore witness that, that she would say as her pastor. You can tell that sometimes. As a pastor. Now you, you, you need to tell that about yourself. Look, look inside yourself. And, and, and see. Is there a, is there a, 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 a bearing witness that you're, that you're saved? If not, get saved. Matthew 21, verse 31. Is, is it okay if I go on just a few more minutes? or We can go home now if you want. But I, I, I'd like to finish this. Just a few more minutes. 
Matthew 21, 31. This is, uh, I think, the last scripture we have. Matthew 21, 31, Message Bible. We'll start partway through verse 31. Jesus is speaking to the chief priests and the elders. Did you know just because you're a chief priest, did you know just because you're a preacher, just because you're an elder in a church or a leader in a church doesn't mean that you're saved? Did you hear what I just said? There's a lot of people that are serving in churches this morning throughout the United States. They're serving in church, but they're not saved. They've never come to receive Jesus. Jesus said, I tell you, speaking to the chief priests and the elders, that crooks and whores are going to precede you into God's kingdom. Now, that verse, you read that, you think, oh, my gosh. Whoa, Jesus, what did you just say there? You're telling me that crooks and whores are going to go in before the, the, the leaders of the church? But then you've got to read verse 32 to get what he said. How can you know if you're saved? John the Baptist came to you showing you the right road. You, these religious leaders, turned up your noses at him. See that? But the crooks and the whores, what's that next word? Believe. Now, who was John the Baptist preaching? He said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Who was he preaching? He was preaching Jesus, wasn't he? Just like Moses and the prophets preaching Jesus. John the Baptist was preaching Jesus. He said, notice this. He said, you religious people, you turned up your noses at him, but the crooks and the whores believed him. Even when you saw their what? Their what? So the, so the whores and the crooks didn't stay whores and crooks anymore, did they? They heard the message of Jesus. They repented, we know, because they had a changed life. And they believed in Jesus. They got born again. They became a Christian. They got saved. Glory to God. And they weren't, whore, they weren't whores and crooks anymore. Can you say amen? amen. Changed life. Realize, say changed life. Changed life. That's one way you can know. That you've got saved. That, got saved. that doesn't mean you don't still mess up. How many's messed up and, and sinned after you've been saved? Yeah. John, writing to the church, he said, if we say, as Christians, when we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just listen to this. Is David, King David, is he in heaven right now? You know, he committed adultery. He cheated on his wife. He had a child out of wedlock and he killed the woman's husband. Remember that? Murder and an adulterer, pornographer. He, he looked at pornography of his day, right? And, and, but is he in heaven right now? Yeah, why is that? He re- realized that he repented. The disciples, remember Jesus' disciples? You see, if you're like me, there's a lot of times, I not a lot of times, but several times I'll go around and I'll think, man, I messed up there, I messed up there, I messed up there, I wonder if I'm going to even go to heaven or not. Guys, our look, our salvation is sealed in the blood of Jesus, amen? And we still mess up and we stumble in many things, but that doesn't mean we're not saved when we do. Do you understand that? The only way we as Christians can lose that is if we spit on the blood of Jesus, so to speak, and turn away and walk away from him. I've never done that. Have you? As long as we don't do that, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? The disciples argued over who was going to be the greatest. They're in heaven now. Peter denied Jesus three times in one night. Have you ever done that? I never have. But he repented. Is that right? He was hypocritical at one point. Peter was. He repented. Paul and Barnabas, the man that God used to write two-thirds of the New Testament, got into an argument with Barnabas, and they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company from one another. And isn't, isn't it interesting to note that Paul and Barnabas are both in heaven right now? Have you husbands and wives ever had a knock-down, drag-out argument? Well, if you have, join the club. You're still saved. Paul wrote to the church, I think it was, I, I think, I think it was in, 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 I think it was in Philippi. There were two ladies there. They were, they were deaconesses in the church. And they got into a squabble with one another. Can you imagine two ladies in a church getting into an argument? Happens all the time. Doesn't happen around here so much anymore, but boy, there was a day we had all kinds of bizarre stuff. And he wrote to him and he said, I appeal to, to these two ladies. He says, because you belong to the Lord, he said, settle your disagreements. 
And then there are people who act saved and are not. Those are the ones I'm really concerned about. Did you know there's people who act saved and they're not? Jesus said, not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonderful works in your name. And he'll declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice sin. The writer of the Ecclesiastes said he saw people come and go from church week after week. Come and go. Think about this. Is coming to church a good thing? Is coming to church something that a saved person would do? Yeah. But, you know, he said, I saw people come and go. I'll put it in my own words. He said, I saw people come and go from church week after week after week. And they died one day and they were buried. They went to hell. How can that be? Well, there's either one of two things. Either the preacher didn't stand in the pulpit and preach Jesus. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on in this land. It has been for years. Where you can come to church week after week and nobody ever challenges you to receive Jesus. Or the other thing is, is that the preacher preaches Jesus, but you never repent and receive him. And that, that, that's what happened. The writer of the Ecclesiastes said, I saw people coming and going from church. Week after week. And they died and were buried and went to hell. Wow, 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 wow. We need to receive Jesus and be sure that he's living in our hearts. Can you say amen? Amen. Do you have to pray some long, drawn-out prayer? Absolutely not. It's not the prayer you pray so much as it is the heart and the spirit of faith that's about you when you pray it. Did you hear me? Remember that... Jesus said there were two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. See, this guy, you think he's saved. Certainly he's a Pharisee. The other was a tax collector or a crook. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself and said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And Jesus said, God didn't hear that man's prayer. But there was another guy, a tax collector that stood there. And all he said, he would, Jesus said he wouldn't even look up to heaven. He just hit his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said that that guy got saved. So it's not the long, drawn out, eloquent prayer, but it's a prayer prayed in faith. Stand with me if you would. Thanks for listening and receiving what the Spirit of God had for you today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we're just going to give you an example of a prayer that will save you. Now, maybe there's somebody here today that you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. You've never received Him. better word is receive. You've never received Him. So I'm going to lead you all in a prayer. And this is a prayer that you could pray with somebody, one of your friends or family. This is a prayer that will pray... On the 23rd, when hopefully there'll be many, many people come that day that need to receive Jesus. This is a prayer. Now, it's not the words themselves that save you. But if you if you pray them, believing in your heart. Just just believing, just agreeing and believing with it. Then Jesus will come in there. So we'll pray this. If it, And I want everybody to pray it. But if you've never prayed this before and really meant it, if you'll. Pray it and mean it. Jesus will come into your heart. You'll miss hell one day and make heaven. And not only that, but he'll make your life better in the meantime. Now, here's what you what you do. Say this. Say, God in heaven. I come before you in Jesus name. I realize I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I throw myself on your mercy. I believe That you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that he died upon the cross. He died for me. He shed his blood for me. He was buried. And he was raised from the dead. For me. I receive that work into my life right now. Jesus. Come into my heart. Live big in me. 
and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. See, if you did that in a moment, twinkling of an eye, that means just as faster than I can snap my finger. Jesus, see, the Bible says righteousness has come upon all men and women, boys and girls. And and the spirit of God is hovering over every sinner, just waiting for them to pray that prayer in faith, believing. And, and, And that righteousness will drop into your heart and you'll become a Christian. If you did that today for the first time, see, you became a Christian. Now, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. After we dismiss, it's important that you tell somebody that you receive Jesus. It's very important. Jesus said, if you will not confess me before men, he won't confess you before his father. So it's important that you tell somebody that, that, that you've received Jesus. So if you've done that for the first time today, or maybe you didn't know where you stood with the Lord and you prayed that and you meant it, come up and tell one of these nice people and they will rejoice with you and they'll give you some direction and some help as to what the next step should be. Well, we love you and it's so glad that you came and I uh, look for good days ahead. Realize, say good days ahead. One more time. Good days ahead. Say many sinners brought to salvation. In Jesus' name. Say this. We're going to declare the goodness of God. For it's the goodness of God that leads people to repent. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now love on a few people and you're dismissed.